Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We're all beginning to get back to business. So it's time to let customers know. OnPost Commerce is here to help you get through. And nothing gets through to your customers like direct mail. We put your message directly into their hands and their homes, targeting key areas in your locality, delivered by a familiar face that you can trust. See how effective direct mail can be for your business at onpost.com forward slash commerce. OnPost Commerce, for your world. Terms and conditions apply. Smile, you son of a... Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. And I'm Josh. And we are running a marathon today. We running are... and running and running. Keep running and running. I don't know. Is it? No. Keep running. No. Um, oh, there's got to be a song about run. I'm sure there is. That was run like away a with me. To like an internet thing that I just did. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about very, very long movies. Most mm. people shy away from movies that are very long. But we here at Mighty Motion Picture Rangers, we're like... Put this stuff straight into my veins. I want nine consecutive hours of cinema. I want to cook. Let me stew. <laughs> like I Let said me last stew week. Stew in, Let the, me stew. in the Yeah, in don't the do movies. that thing where you turn a long movie into like a Netflix thing where you're like, oh, stop at 49 minutes here and it's called this episode. Shut up. Oh, yeah. I mean, they Shut did up. that for the Hateful Eight and Tarantino did it as an experiment because he apparently changed the edit again on what he was doing with that. Oh, but there's, there's um, so much So our, our requirement was movies with a minimum running time of two hours and 50 minutes, yep. which is, <laughs> it's a long one. Yeah. Um, and so, I guess, uh, what did you pick, Joshua? Oh, I picked The Deer Hunter. The Deer Hunter. Now, had you seen this before you recommended it? No, so I grew up, obviously, sort of culturally, you just get bits and pieces from the zeitgeist from this film because it's a very fucking influential influential film. It won Um, Best Picture of 1978. Yeah, I... My dad had the DVD of this, but obviously I just never watched it because I was too young. And then way fucking, too young to yeah, watch that. Yeah. And then I finally, obviously, I have the DVD now because it's just my name who gave it to me. And then I'm like, I've always wanted to watch this. I think it's far beyond time to do so. And sat down, I'm like Shane, let's do it for the podcast, and we did it. And and what did yeah. you, what did so so it defied my expectations. Sort of, it I wasn't expecting it to be this. What I wrote. In my letterbox review as well, and I think you echo it in yours too, is that it's a lot more sort of no, not slow, but it's sort of more quiet. It's yeah. there's like a contemplative angle to it. It's really showing the harsh realities of war in a more tender way, and it's a more even a more painful way. And it's it sits with you a lot. Yeah, and it's kind of sad and well my my expectations going in i knew i just heard it's a very dour very almost nihilistic vietnam war movie and this was one of the first big 
movies to deal with the Vietnam War because it was yeah. doing it while we were. Uh, when did the Vietnam War it end? Ju- it, it pretty much just finished. Like, just a finished, few years and ago. then the movie came out. If, if you're saying if they wrote the script saying like '76, that's a year after it finished, and if they're filming in '77, that's two years sort of right into it. Yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of like how Lucas was like using it as an allegory for Star Wars and everything. Like, yeah, yeah. It. It's quite yeah. um, it's quite and you know, stars stars uh, Robert De Niro, Christopher Walken in an Academy Award. Did he won, win the Oscar or was he nominated? This got nominated. This won Best Picture. It won Best Director. It won some technical awards as well. This got, I think, got nominated for nine, seven or nine Academy Awards. Um, this is Meryl yep. Streep's first um, proper, uh, first her first uh, Oscar nomination came from this movie. Okay, yeah. It was the first of her like umpteen yeah. billion yeah. Oscar nominations. <laughs> yeah. But um, I knew it wouldn't necessarily be my thing just because the way people are described it. I'm not big on war movies. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm like, eh, you know, like, I mean, I don't like wars, obviously. But I, I also find a lot of war movies sort of romanticize the idea. And of this course. one doesn't do that, obviously. No. But knowing that, I just sort of know it would be like a, a bit of a difficult one to sit through. Yeah. What's disappointing is not in the film itself, it's the way people have treated the Russian roulette scene yeah, the in Russian pop culture. The Russian roulette has become... Uh, what I realised after watching it, because this is the sort of the origin of people sort of joking about playing Russian roulette, was because mm. it, it's, a, it's a main part of the plot. It's basically yeah. about three uh, friends... Um, who are from who, a small like mining town? Yeah, small know, mining yeah. town, and they go hunting, which is the where the title of the movie mm-hmm. comes from. And then they go off to Vietnam. Yep. They experience some horrors, and then they can't integrate back into society. And one of the key things that plays through is this: is the is the game of Russian roulette that the Viet Cong make them play in prison, and then they willingly go and do it. After like, the fact, yeah, because it's a way of like feeling alive or something and like trying that. Trying to cope or trying to understand their new reality. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so, but so many people sort of have taken that from this movie and then kind of weirdly romanticized it in mm. a way. And that's not the movie's fault. The movie no. presents it as the worst possible thing. And yet mm. people have like taken the wrong thing. But we do that all the time. It's like Fight Club. Everyone take, thinks Fight Club is about how there's not enough toxic masculinity yeah. in the world. Yeah. It's like, I, I'm not shocked, but it is disappointing because I'm like, this is so much more thoughtful about it. And like, it's so sad to see it. And yeah, it's not yeah. glorified at all. Now, I have to go yeah. into a bit of a rant here on this because... Oh, please do. Good. Two hours into the, watching the movie, I'm like, this looks like it's anamorphic, but it's full frame. I don't understand this. And so I decided to pause the movie and look it up. Turns out, so I was watching this on Foxtel, so fuck you, Foxtel. We all hate Foxtel For here. cropping this movie. It's shot in, not even 235, it's shot in 239. It's mm-hmm. as widescreen as is really humanly possible, and it is cropped into a 16 by 9 frame, and you lose all of... Because some of this imagery, I had to sort of go back over the movie in my head and realise... Oh, some of this imagery is stunning imagery, especially sort of in the bookends of the film. Yeah. And it's all gone. I'm losing so much. There was like these crowd, you know, where they've got a lot of people in the scene. And I'm like, oh, some people are on the really edge of frame. And for the first two hours, I was like, this seems like some weird framing decisions. Mm -hmm. Turns out it's not. It's just very bad cropping. But then fucking Google Play has it cropped as well. And I'm so mad. Why? These are digital platforms. There is no excuse for fucking cropping a 235. I don't give a shit if your whingy, middle-aged, like, stay-at-home people think that the black boxes look crap. They don't care. They're not even probably paying for the service anyway. Just yep. uh, 
I'm so mad. So yeah. I and I couldn't find. But you have it on DVD, and you were able to watch yeah. it in two, three, five. Yeah. And so I sort of went yeah. back and found a couple of screenshots and going, oh, okay, so yeah. visually, you're, you're this movie messaging is... me. I sent you the actual frame that yeah. I have. And yeah, and just... then I sent you what I've got of the yeah. same moment. And I like film. honestly nearly threw up. I was like, oh, I was so angry. It's just yeah. so gross, and I was so mad. So I I feel like my viewing of it, I'm gonna have to rewatch it, even though I'm after watching the movie. It's so it's like High Life from before and. Mm. And, and stuff. It's a movie I can respect, but I don't necessarily love yeah. personally. I'm not gonna, and it's, I don't think it's a movie that you should just rewatch because it's fuck an yeah, the Deer Hunter. It's yeah. not that. No. Um, that being said, the first hour, I thought I was like, this wedding. The wedding was like the shorter. first hour. It was a, yeah, the first hour no. of this three-hour movie is the wedding. Yeah, and I'm like, I feel like you could have shortened this down. I a bit agree. And I still got the point thought. across. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. they meet the they meet the other Vietnam warrior who's like fuck it or whatever. Like mm-hmm. all that can stay. You could just shorten the the wedding down a little bit. I, I totally agree. Yeah. The Vietnam sequence is intense, but that running time felt uh, correct for yeah. the, the content. And even the last sort of hour, I thought was good for what mm. it was. Just the first hour, you could trim that down. It could be a two and a half hour. Even just 20 minutes off of it, it'd be a two and a half hour movie and bam, you know. Did you, um, I noticed this too, because obviously the entire film has like a documentarian feel because that's where the director's background is in. Yeah. But do you notice those moments where he spliced in actual documentary footage? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think the first time it happens, it's very very awkward. Because it's very, because it looks... It oh yeah, you, look... it looks like they shot it on the wrong kind of camera. Yeah, but then looks... once you get it, because yeah. they do it a bit more frequently, they do it later. It then looks it, way then better. it looks yeah. way better. Yeah. Um, but then he even did some things like you know, there's the split diopters. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. had so many split diopter movies come through this podcast in the last couple. I of weeks. just want to shoot a split diopter shot. Oh, I know, so bad. but I want to know how they work because any split diopter you can buy is a circular filter on the end of a lens. Mm. But some of these split diopter shots in movies, the split is not in the center, whereas in no. all of the split diopters you can buy or higher the split is in the center and so i want to know there must be a glass filter that you slide and this i need i need to watch maybe we should put it on a recommendation at some point uh, all the president's men i really want to watch this movie they i saw an example of a shot where they actually slide in the split diopter in the movement of a yeah. shot and it becomes a non-split to a split shot and you don't really it's notice insane. it yeah, yeah it's really really clever that's why i really want to watch this movie um but I want, I want to play with them so bad. Yeah. They are like high on. Just my like list Spielberg of... doing it with like vertically in like a rear view reflection. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's brilliant. It's so good. But so the Deer Hunter liked it, didn't love it. But I think yeah. it's a very well made movie. Very, very. You can't deny the influence it's had yeah, on yeah. culture. And on Vietnam War yeah. movies, like post that, yeah. there was sort of a lot of Vietnam War movies that have been adopting from that, you know, since, you know, ad nauseum. But yes. Um, we just like to say Mighty Motion Picture and just hates Foxtel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Google Play, get your act together. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they're listening. <laughs> uh, so my pick. Your pick, yeah. I picked Paul Thomas Anderson's 1999 magnum opus Magnolia. Excellent. Which it tells the story of 24 hours in the San Fernando Valley across 11 different characters interweaving and intercrossing at, at various apexes and critical moments mm. of their life that all occur on the same night. Yeah. So you and I both actually really like multi-plot films. Like, yes. But what makes this one more special, do you reckon? 
uh, for me, uh, it's for me personally, it's because it, like it's hitting on all things about like terrible dads, and so I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, give me this, make me feel valid in my feelings. <laughs> um, I first saw it. I was introduced to this at uni. They play us the intro sequence, the, yep. the, the 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 little you know the three stories that are about weird happenings, and they played us that in, in talking about like how to do an interesting opening for a film, and I was just like, I will need to see the rest of this movie, and so I just found it. I rented it out and I watched it, and I was like, this is one of my favorite movies of all time because <laughs> that was at that point in my life the multi-plot film was like because i'd watched confession time i liked crash at the time i haven't revisited it in a very long time i probably yeah. won't but i what i liked about crash was oh it's these interweaving stories that crisscross over each other like the yes. this very syn- synchronicity uh carl young's ideas of synchronicity and things happening at the same time I thought was very cool. I was just very into it. And so I loved any movie that was about that. I got really that's when I got really into Robert Altman because he's does, you know, these massive twenty four, forty eight cast member things. And that's where so, Paul Thomas Anderson was playing it from. He Paul Thomas Anderson later actually got to be sort of the backup director on Altman's last film because Altman had like a heart condition so the insurance yeah. demanded there be a replacement director if he were to die. Um, and thankfully he didn't, but Paul Thomas Anderson sort of wrote about meeting Robert Altman and all that kind of thing. But I just love that as sort of just emotionally, it's really cool. It, I love the, the way you have to keep attention across nine different stories or whatever mm. playing at the same time. I, you know, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, so he's shooting it. He's moving his goddamn camera as oh, much as he can. And mm-hmm. early Paul Thomas Anderson, I should yeah. say, when he was like really into Scorsese. So he just like moves the camera, whip pans, he's fast dollyins. Um, it's a very cool, brilliant performances, but it's a melodrama and a lot of people, so this movie is quite uh, polarizing. Yes. A lot of these movies tend to be, um, people think it's a mess. Kevin Smith famously said it's one of the worst movies a director has made as sort of a follow up. Uh, and you're like, mm, yeah, mate, what you about made yeah. Tusk, so yeah. maybe not. Um, but I adored this movie at the time and, and I've, I, keep, I watch it at least once a year just as sort of a refresher. I stole so much of it for Red Curtain Hell, my feature <laughs> film. Uh, stole all yeah, these, like, did. push. Yeah, there's so yeah. much the anamorphic work, you know playing with the audiences, that kind of thing. I, I adore this movie, Anna, but it's, it was, it, it fluctuates, but this is sort of in my top five, if not my mm-hmm. top five, my top 10 movies of all time. Yeah. I feel like this is borrowed into like my favorites as well, because yeah. not only do I like multi-plot films, but I love the energy that he has both in the camera work and in the performances and yeah. how they complement um, each other yeah. and crisscross. And you have this like nine page monologue by a guy yeah. dying in a bed and you yeah. have, my favourite Tom Cruise performance because it's a really good performance. He's yeah. playing a total arsehole, but yeah. you love it and it's and, really and good. And he's too good at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's too good at it. And you have Julianne Moore being like, suck my dick, yeah. you know. Uh, and she's overacting, but it works because to me it's a melodrama. It sits in a heightened reality. I mean, yes. you have the famous spoiler alert. If you haven't seen this movie, go find it. It's, it'll be on Google Play for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's a, a a biblical reign of frogs that happens yeah. as sort of the apex of this three hour eight minute movie, and so it's not to me it's not a movie that sits in a, any kind of level of hard gritty realism. It's very much mm. a big melodrama, but that's the point. It has this operatic music. It goes into opera music at one point that cycles through one story and into the other. They sing uh, the soundtrack. There's one point where they cut across to all of the stories, and they're singing the song that's playing in the mm-hmm. soundtrack in a in a moment that like really breaks the digesis of a film. Yeah, 
Um, it's it's beautiful. I love it. it, it yeah. It's some people call it messy, and I don't think that's an inaccurate description of it. But I mm. love it for that. It wouldn't be yeah. good if it was neat. Messy doesn't always equal bad. No, that's the thing. People need to sort of unlearn, especially yeah. about films. Films are just you know so much emotion. Films aren't them. one thing. I think films yeah, shouldn't fit into a neat box. You should no. have movies that do, and then you have movies that are kind of really yeah. out there because though one doesn't, you can't have an out there film if there isn't somewhere for it to be out. Of you know, like yep. you can't have an outer, you know, and an, an, uh, you can't push the envelope if there's no envelope to push. Yep. So both movies have to exist. Yeah. You can have bad and good movies in both sort of ends of that spectrum of as course. well. I yeah. think. Um, but I know I love this movie. Yeah. This is one of my all-time favorite movies, and yeah. I'm so glad you got to watch it because it's a trial. It's like it's a long movie, but it does. That's the thing I did find other so with um, this and our our third pick is that they they kind of breeze through that runtime pretty easily. You, it feels so earned as well. Yeah, like you don't yeah, yeah. feel like no, nah, this is I'm here yeah. for it. You're in your butt in the seat. Yeah. yeah. So what was our third film? Our third film is Michael Mann's Heat. Which this. we're a little late to the party, but this is one look, of the best fucking look. movies for me. Is my I think you've had this before. I've had ex- this experience with my, this film was I tried to watch it a couple times. Each time I got interrupted, yeah, and it ruined my flow. And I'm like, I need to wait a few years, come back to it because I'll wait a time to come back to it because I want to sit through this in one. And I finally got to do it. And it is so good. Is so I love good. Michael Mann. I love Collateral. I know because I've I've I only love... seen bits and pieces of Collateral and mm. bits and pieces of, of a couple other things. But after watching Heat, I'm like, oh no, I need to watch everything this man has ever done. No, <laughs> he he knows how to fucking shoot in LA and it, how to get the oh, best out of LA and the geography and the greenery. Like uh, here's the thing: is that like right off the bat, it Heat is an epic, and yes. it lets you know it's, it's a an crime epic, epic in yeah, the first. Yeah. Five minutes. You know, you have the second that truck gets hit by the f- the other truck. Yeah, you know that this is a fucking great movie, and yeah. it is only ever good from that point onwards. Yeah. And then they just lay out the fucking spiked lines yeah. and the cops, and you're like, "Oh, these guys are too efficient. They know what they're doing." And 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 and, and Al Pacino is doing good work oh, in this. I would love to. Insane I loved in this. Robert De Niro is really good in it. I just there was not one moment of this movie where I wasn't fucking. Really yeah. It's also the first time they're on screen together in a movie. Yeah, and you would think they would have been paired. And then is it like the first? Is it goes? Does it go heat? And then basically the Irishman? Is that the like the only two that maybe? Ever I don't want to say for certain, but like what was good about this too was like Michael Mann's like we know, and they were both excited to finally shoot together, and they're like we know coming to this, there's a lot of expectations. That shoot just without rehearsal, that's his play flavor, and that's what Did you they, see. Well, that's why you get like Al Pacino does these cool like. Outbursts, yeah. That are a lot of improv. him improving, yeah. But it works. It it's gives it so gives well. dimension to his character, and it doesn't feel just like Al Pacino. It feels yeah. like his character because you know you see his arguments with his wife and everything like that. That's the other thing too is that the female characters are on the page, kind of one dimensional, and yet the actresses are bringing a lot to this. Like yeah. they really good work yeah. from all that. Natalie because fucking Portman as well. Yeah, yeah. God. But they, what they are like on paper, they're the nagging wives. It's what mm. they are, and yet these actresses. Give so much depth to it. The music is just cool. Oh, Every great. set piece is like sheer perfection. The big shootout is sort of in the middle of the film. 
oh, and then the final shootout, that's so quiet. I thought that was such a great decision to not do anything like that. I thought it was just, I was watching this and I'm like, God, I've been missing out because this is a movie I'm going to be re-watching many times. And you're watching it and you're like, oh, this is where Christopher Nolan got like nearly everything he ever does. (laughs) It's like that and Kubrick equal Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's so, I loved it. I loved it. The Nero and Petra. Oh, like the moment where, um, they they verse like they first scope out uh, De Niro and no I know and they're looking the right down the, the barrel intercut? yeah they yes. cut them looking right down the barrel of the camera and I'm just like this movie Actually, is fucking gold. I wrote the exact same note I think yeah. we were like so synchronized just with this at that like, moment oh in the movie I'm just like this is one of the best I'm so annoyed and this is so like we're so late to the party because everyone raves about this movie. Yes, this is a course. very well known very beloved movie very long too it's two hours mm. and fifty four minutes yes it's a very long earns its time and then some uh, just even that middle shootout alone is worth sitting through oh. the hours Val Kilmer's fucking good in this too yeah, he's okay. so good it's just I loved it I loved it I owned it on Blu-ray I'd bought it on mm. Blu-ray and then I hadn't watched it and so I picked and I don't know about because you watch it on Prime didn't yeah, you I did. I, my Blu-ray is the quote unquote director's definitive edition I don't know if there's any difference to what you watched but I'm, I've got commentary and I'm just like I cannot wait oh. to dive into that movie again because it is so good I love also there's, there's a moment where Michael Mann does his I'm going to do a Michael Mann music video moment where like um, Al Pacino is speeding through the highway of like dinners and it's I love like, quiet that. and it's just music blasting and you're just like yeah yes. yeah 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 it's so good I don't even know how they pulled off that big street shootout because you would have had to shut down Biggest chunk and of the Los only Angeles. shot on locations. There's like 91 locations, no sound stages, nothing. Wow, oh. I did not know that. Holy <laughs> shit, respect. This movie is fucking great. It's streaming on Prime at the moment. Yeah, go for it. If you haven't seen it, watch it. And if you have seen it, watch it again because it's so fucking good. Yeah. This is this is probably going to be in one of my all. I think it's one of the all time great films. Yeah, just period. Top 10. Uh, like oh, as far as that genre is concerned. You can't do better than this. Uh, so good. Well worth the wait. Mm. It was probably of these, like, I mean, take out Magnolia, because like, of the other two ones, this is definitely my favourite of the three that we But I, I love also, too, seeing De Niro younger and an o- older, and, like, how consistent he is. Yes. And, like, consistently good. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were watching, yeah. was they, you know, they're, they're about, it turned into almost, like, almost the Robert De Niro sort of marathon. We yeah. watched him 20 years apart, 1995 yeah. and 1978. Yeah. And so, or 77 is when they would have filmed. So, it's very interesting mm. to see it. But he doesn't he doesn't age that much either, no, too, does he? he? <laughs> it's no. kind of crazy. Uh, I loved it. So, if you have any recommendations, oh, I was going to say, you can't talk about long films and not address one of my all-time favorites that I've talked about on the podcast before, Cloud Atlas, yes. which we watched with Magnolia. Which we watched, we watched we it as a double feature, feature so yeah. it's a six-hour long double feature, basically. Um, which I adore that movie. That's great to pieces. Yeah. Um, so, uh, if you have any like recommendations for really long movies that you love, even though they're like three hours long, mm-hmm. like the Ben Hur's or the the Lawrence of Arabia's, which I need to get around to eventually. There's some like Criterion releases which are like five hours long. I yeah, think. Fanny and Alex. Alexander, is, yeah. the, you know, the, the whatever eight hour version of that. That's, <laughs> you know, I'm very excited to sort of dive into those. But if you have any recommendations, let us know. We're on yeah. social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Pictrangers. Mm-hmm. You can email us and we might if you email us a list and we'll read them out and we'll say, oh, I saw that one and you yeah. saw that one uh, at motionpictorangers at gmail.com. And we're on Facebook at the Mighty Motion Picture yep. Rangers. Yes, I'm on Twitter, very active on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. I'm also on Twitter, very active as well. It's that Sunday. Katie, all caps at the end. Thank you so much for listening. And 
for our next theme, we've got it. We're going from the very big to the very, very small. small. We're going. Our theme is creepy critters. This is a Josh theme. Josh picked this. Yeah, one, I, idea. I've written. I've like just made, come up with a, a few topics, so it'll be very fun yes. to do. Yeah. So I'm very excited to hear. We've got some interesting picks and interesting ones that we haven't seen. So yeah. we shall see how that goes. Tune in for that one. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, guys. And we'll speak, see you again next time. Bye. When it comes to reviewing your finances, a good place to start is by reviewing your mortgage. It's something few people ever do, but if you never review your mortgage, you'll never know if there might be a better option. That's where the Ulster Bank Mortgage Team could help. Wherever you bank, be sure to talk to us and see if switching could make a difference. Just search Ulster Bank Switch. Ulster Bank. Help for what matters. Over 18s only. Ulster Bank Ireland DAC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.